Hello there, my name is Jeff and welcome to episode 14 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, the Tiger King. Oh boy. Everyone's been recommending <laughs> that show to me. Have you seen it? No. Yeah, I watched I it. I know it's about tigers and some lady killed her husband or something. Dude, it's, so it starts out a simple documentary about the world of people who own big cats and it yeah. turns into so much more. It's insane. It, it's the, like the, I think the best part about it is like, yeah, that first episode, it's like, okay, yeah, it's about like people who own big cats. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, yeah, they own tigers. Yeah, right. I forgot about that part. <laughs> Allison and I have one episode uh, left. Isn't the oh. character's name like Joe Exotic or something? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Joe his Exotic. self-proclaimed name. It's yeah. The last episode's spicy. You should watch it, Andrew. It's just fun and entertaining and it's bizarre that it's real there's a there's a there's some surveillance footage in there that scarred me for a couple hours just like i put myself really? in the shoes of the guy that's in that footage and i'm just like i can't it's nuts uh yeah check uh, that out it's really fun maybe i might i've been rewatching a regular show oh that's such a good show too right that's one of my top fives of all time oh yeah and I video games. <laughs> I was gonna say it's I can't wait for I think, my favorite show. What can't you wait for, Derek? I was gonna say I can't wait for Tiger King the video game. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got a pretty interesting episode today. I'm joined by Andrew and Derek today. Say hi, guys. Yo. Hello. Just the the two of us. Our special guest that was supposed to be here decided not to join us, kind of last minute. So we decided to just do the three of us. Sucks to be that guy. Not for no reason any at names. all. Um, <laughs> today, there's a lot of news. There's a, a lot of new games that we've been playing. Not necessarily new games, but a lot of games that we've been playing. I know I have a bunch that I want to talk about today. Uh, and then after we're done with all that, we're going to talk just a little bit about... Uh, by the time everyone's listening to this, Final Fantasy VII Remake will be one week away. So we're going to talk about... <laughs> Just kind of Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy as a whole, JRPGs as a whole, why we love them, kind of what we're looking forward to and what we're excited about, about Seven Remake. So we'll go from there. Um, but as just now tradition on the GameStarks podcast, we're going to start with our email. And we have one email. <laughs> Steve, 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 Steve. It's from Steve. Um, so Steve said, hello everyone. Welcome back, Andrew. Welcome Dante. For reference, I write my emails as I listen to the podcast. My intentions are not to be mean to Andrew, but to say hi to the previous podcast host. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> I did not consider that James Bond would be unplayable now. I was feeling nostalgic about James Bond with friends. I seriously don't understand. Yeah, I seriously don't understand this infatuation with Animal Crossing. I don't understand. I understand that it's a really well-made game, but from what you guys have said, it seems like one of those pay to pay to play clickbait games for a phone. <laughs> what makes this game so good, and why do so many? Why are so many people going crazy over it? Another random note: I have doubled the amount of League of Legends games I have played for a grand total of four. I decided to play one. Uh, when we had no LCS or LEC for that weekend. Best, Steve. Uh, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. We're definitely going to talk about Animal Crossing a little bit later, and we'll kind of get into why people love it and yeah, <laughs> and the, the why you may think it's a, a clickbait, pay-to-win 
game. Uh, we'll get into that for sure. Because Tom Nook is a filthy bastard. We definitely, I think all three of us have been playing a good amount of Animal Crossing over the last week. So yeah, we'll we'll get into the the weeds and sell them for bells later <laughs> on. Um, thank you, Steve. Looking forward to hearing from you again. Not so far in the future. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's hop right into new stuff. So I want to start this off by saying today is April 2nd, meaning yesterday was yes. April 1st. And I don't know about you guys, but I saw, I think, only like one attempt at an April Fool's joke on the internet. I saw some subreddits do some stuff like the Smash Bros subreddit turned into Fire Emblem. Oh, uh, did it just like, oh, uh, I think I saw that one. They're saying that Sakurai's just making a Fire Emblem fighting game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of people I saw saying we're not going to bother doing an April Fool's thing. Seems ill-timed based on all the COVID-19 stuff. Uh, so we're just going to skip it this year. And I think that's probably the best thing that's come out of this pandemic because I hate April Fool's Day on the internet because <laughs> I don't fall for any of it, but it's all just really annoying and it just yeah. fills up so much space and wastes so much of my time and none of it's funny. Yeah, I think at this point in in society, having a defined day for pranks does not work. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty over it. I don't know if that's just me getting old and grumpy or <laughs> if it's just worn its uh, course at this point. So I like them if they're in in kind of good taste. Uh, I, I saw some like pretty funny ones. Uh, so I, I follow uh, Codemasters who make they make like racing games, uh, uh, Dirt, uh, Grid. Um, they make like F1 games, and they they posted one. Uh, 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 it was just a screenshot, but it was announcing uh, Dirt Marble, and it was a marble racing game i don't know if any of you guys have watched the marble racing videos on youtube there's someone on facebook that i'm friends with who is obsessed with it and every time it comes around every year they spend weeks like going off about the marble olympics or whatever and yeah the marble olympics i do not understand it but this person's very into it i i've been watching i i think it's the same it's like gels marble runs or something like that um he's they've got one where he's like building tracks in inside and it's called like marbula one and it's so stupid and but it's just i don't know i watch them monday morning they, they go on they they come out sundays i watch them monday morning and it's like a good you know relaxing eight minutes while i eat my breakfast kind of thing wait you watch them regularly <laughs> Uh, I just started. I like just stumbled upon it like maybe two weeks ago, and gotcha. so I've I like watched all the races so far, and then the last three that have come out on Sunday, I've watched them like the next Monday. I don't know. It's a, it, I, I see their appeal, especially in a time like like now that kind of just a little relaxing thing to. There are no just, other sports. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Might as well watch uh, marbles. <laughs> but the the other uh, April Fools one that I I ran into um, was in. Modern Warfare, um, they up they added two playlists, and so one of them was I can't remember what the name of it was, but uh, it was like oh totally shipment all the time or something like that, and like you like hovered over it and said it's shipment all the time we swear, and by the way if you quit like there's a penalty, and one of the things is like Modern Warfare players always like shipment's a tiny small map uh, from I think Modern Warfare one yeah I think it was the first uh, one. Yeah, where so it's like super super great for just uh, leveling up guns quickly because you get like forty kills a match, um, 
So people are always like, keep the playlist, keep the playlist. We, we want to do this. And I, I know they, they totally don't on purpose because like if they did, then like people would just be leveling up way too quickly. But anyways, so you open that playlist and then um, it actually, the map is this Piccadilly Circus map that everyone loathes. And so that was a pretty funny little little prank. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, and then, it's little stuff like that that I love. Yeah. And then they did have another playlist just below it called, I think it was called COD Players Want Only One Thing, and it's fucking disgusting, like based on that meme. And then it was like the shipment playlist. <laughs> That's actually really funny. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I like subtle small things like that. It's when like there's yeah. joke game announcements or... League like, of Legends did like their Pingu thing or whatever. Yeah, or the year that there was the the Zelda TV show trailer and everyone lost their minds. And was oh like, yeah, yeah, this isn't real. It looks bad. Are you <laughs> what kidding? year was that? that? That would have been what 2011 or 12 or something like that. I think. Yeah, I think so. I remember that. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. I think it was an IGN thing. Maybe. Yes, I believe so. Okay, yeah. Um. So yeah, not a whole lot this year for internet april fool jokes which i am thankful for personally yeah it's just seeing the same dumb you know announcements like you said over and over every year is getting really tiring yeah for sure the Uh, coolest ones i think are the ones that seem like april fool's jokes on the surface but then they're real yeah like a few years ago several years ago at this point it was when project m was still like you know thriving uh and they released a trailer for Turbo Mode, which is um, a mode that allows you to cancel any move into any other move. Hmm. You can cancel all the end lag on a move and immediately use another move. And so they just re- released this footage of people playing in Turbo Mode, and it's just ridiculous, like, fast pace. You never die because you can just, like, cancel out of spikes and shit. And, like, and then they released it as a mode. <laughs> so stuff like that is really funny, I think. I didn't even hear about that. That's really cool. Yeah, right. And then the next year, I following that precedent, they released a trailer with like Slippy is going to come out as a character, and that one ended up being fake. So then I was disappointed. Yeah, right. <laughs> At that point, you're expecting it. Um. All right. So yeah. did did you guys hear that um, Xbox Series X graphics source code is being held ransom for one hundred million dollars? <laughs> I so I thought I saw something like what? that. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a hacker who has claimed to gotten the graphics source code for the Xbox Series X and is threatening to release it to the public if Xbox doesn't pay them $100 million. Um, (laughs) Segments of the code were posted to GitHub and then were immediately removed. Um, Yeah, and they are threatening to dump the entirety of the stolen data if a buyer isn't found. Yeah, this is just so, a really weird story. Like, what would it what would it mean if it got released? I mean, so what it I think what it would mean is like people could technically make their own Xbox Series X. You could have bootleg consoles, like you have you know bootleg Segas and bootleg Playstations right oh. now. But from what I know, like from what I'm remembering about the tech specs and stuff, is there's still some like proprietary uh software and like amd software in there that like with you'd have to spend i think you'd have to like really spend a lot of time developing something to like make a knockoff (laughs) 
So I don't know if it's really... I think this guy might not realize what he's threatening to do isn't maybe as threatening as it really is. Yeah, AMD had uh, an official statement saying it's not... Uh... The data is not core to the competitiveness or security of our graphics products. So they're not worried about it. Yeah. So I, I <laughs> they're just going to keep taking it down when they see it online because obviously you want to do that. But I don't think they're super worried about people getting their hands on it necessarily because they're not going to be able to do anything with it. <laughs> yeah. This guy's just sitting in his basement like waiting. He's like, soon I will have a hundred million dollars. Yeah. No, he's going to get eventually found out and arrested <laughs> yeah right because you stole something still no one wants yeah, to buy like... it but you still stole something <laughs> yeah uh that, i thought that was a fun little story that came out uh yeah, that was that late last silly. week it's just yeah. that is that is silly. um all right let's move on to some really awesome square enix news uh the guest that we were supposed to have on notoriously really hates Square Enix, so I was looking forward to seeing their reaction bum, bum. to this. Um, but Square Enix decided to release Final Fantasy or ship a Final Fantasy VII remake copies uh, in Australia and Europe early because they didn't. Yes, they didn't want them to receive the game late, so they made the choice to instead send them early, which is awesome. I like. Yeah. So, I so this was like a conscious Square Enix decision. Yes, they mm-hmm. said, uh, uh, what was their statement? They had a statement along the lines of, oh, it's a really long one. All right, I'll just kind of paraphrase it. Basically, they were saying what I said earlier is we we think this is really important that this game gets to people on time. So due to the coronavirus with fears of the game ar- arriving very late, we're re- shipping it early to Australia and Europe so that they have a chance to get it on time. And then they said, if you happen to get it early, Please be cool. Don't spoil the game for anyone. Um, to which some people replied, Oh, you just Final Fantasy VII. You can't spoil that. I think it's been out for 20 years. <laughs> to which I replied, Go fuck yourself. Because you clearly don't know that there's so much new stuff in this game that yeah. you could easily <laughs> spoil them. No matter what, though. Yeah. I'm just like, Shut up. Ugh, that makes me mad when people say that. But, anyways, Square Enix doing this is insanely cool. I feel like. They've, oh, yeah. they've made a lot of questionable decisions recently in general. So getting out and being like, hey, man, we're here for the people and we want people to enjoy this game that we've put a lot of time and effort into is, I don't know, it's really cool for them, I think. I was really excited to hear this. I'm sad that the U.S. isn't getting it early, but uh, we should be, they claim, getting it on time, which is still good. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It is really cool that so- this was like a Square Enix thing because I read it as that it just broke street date. Like I didn't, uh, there I were, didn't know that this was like a a planned thing. There were some copies that did uh, break street date, but then oh, okay. they ended up uh, in response, not necessarily in response to that, but they also, in addition, decided yeah. to release it early in these areas. You were gonna say something, Derek? Uh, so I was gonna say, did you guys hear the very, very recent news? I think this is within the last hour or two. Yeah. Yep. Uh, related to Final Fantasy VII? No, no. Uh, I think I know what Derek. But also about. a a logistics shipping related story. Yeah, that was going to be the one that I was going to bring up last, but we can talk about that now. Um, I, I well, was, I just I, yeah, I feel like they go hand in it go they go hand in hand these two kind of yeah, things. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. Um. So what Derek is talking about? Does anyone have anything they want to say about Final Fantasy VII remake shipping early? Or are we we good there? <laughs> yeah. No. Put me in cryo sleep for the next seven days. <laughs> um. So I'm assuming what you're talking about, Derek, is that The Last of Us Two is delayed indefinitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I read that uh, around lunchtime today, and I got really sad and <laughs> i unfortunately i understand why it's delayed indefinitely uh naughty mm-hmm. dog said today let's see they have a very long quote about it i'm gonna read it in its entirety because i think it's really well written and kind of explains what their thought process was so they said as you've likely just seen the release of the last of us part two has been delayed we're sure this is new We're sure this news is just as disappointing to you as it is to us. We wanted to reach out to all of you in our community to give you a little more information. The good news is we're nearly done with development of the game. We are in the midst of uh, fixing our final bugs. However, even with us finishing up the game, we were faced with the reality that due to the logistics beyond our control, we couldn't launch The Last of Us Part 2 to our satisfaction. We want to make sure everyone gets to play The Last of Us Part 2 around the same time, ensuring that we don't... We're doing everything possible to preserve the best experience for everyone. This meant delaying the game until such a time where we can solve these logistic issues. We are bummed about the decision, but ultimately understand that what's best and fair to all of our players. We're hoping that this won't be a long delay and we'll update you as soon as we have new information to share. We wish you we wish you all, your families, and your friends the best of health. Thank you for being amazing fans and your continued support. Stay safe. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we'll hear more about it at E3. You think so? The yeah. E3 that's not happening? Got him. Um, Got- <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, basically they're kind of, they're figuring that they won't be able to have a smooth release, which means the game would be released staggered throughout the world and then things could potentially get spoiled for people. So they're kind of holding until they have more control of the release of the game is what they're saying yeah yeah i mean obviously it makes sense and it's sad but i i mean if you think about like right now so it's 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 early april and square just decided that a game they've had gold for i think over a month they would just let it ship uh and then we're a month and a half away from uh last of us release the game is hasn't even gone gold yet and that's another month of of you know this virus stuff going on and so yeah there's no way they if they they're probably on time like they're saying like yeah in in a normal situation but like there's no way i wouldn't be surprised if if you tried to order the last of us you know uh, around launch day, and it would be like a month wait to get your your delivery or whatever. Really? Um, like I, I'm already seeing. I just tried to order, or I just ordered a comic book on Amazon Prime, and my Prime delivery date was April 30th. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. They, wow. Amazon did announce that they're trying to push back all non-essential deliveries and prioritize more important yeah, well, things. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's okay. I don't need, I don't need this Batman comic book right away. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually, got my uh, my copy of Persona on time. Did you? Yeah. See, the thing with that is, it's a pre-order thing, and that's kind of I have this back of my mind fear that I won't get Final Fantasy VII on the release day through Amazon. Well, that's my backup plan is I'm going to buy it digitally if the physical doesn't come in in time because 
that was my first plan. I'm a psychopath, but because it's a pre-ordered thing and we know that they have their hands on these things well in advance that they can get us to us on that day. Whereas Derek ordering a comic book, they have to say, okay, someone in this part of the country wants this thing. We got to yeah. get it on a truck, but we don't want to waste space on that truck for that thing. Um, and it's kind of starting the process from the beginning where as games that are being pre-ordered are kind of have been started that process and started months ago you know yeah it's it and I, a lot of stuff i was reading was like well why don't they just release it digital digitally and it sounds like it's because um most likely because I, I guess the last of us has the part two has insane pre-order numbers and basically you'd be like they'd be like telling those customers or more like telling the retailers that have all those customers that like hey we don't care that you know, all these people came and ordered it digitally or ordered it, pre-ordered it through you because like, you're not going to get the game for t- another two months to give to them anyway. So like, screw you. We're just going to make the money directly. So that would be like a big, you know, like F you to all those retailers, especially now with like, Oh, you got, Oh, your big consoles coming out and you screwed us with the last of us too. Well, we're not going to carry it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I heard, or I didn't hear, I'm thinking, I'm wondering, what do you guys think of the potential that this game was also partially delayed? It was in that, at least in their minds, uh, because this game has to do with a virus outbreak and it's not really, uh, the best time to be playing a game like that. Do you think that has any factor in their decide to delay? Mm. No, no. I think that, that if that were the true, we'd, we'd see Resident Evil 3 being delayed as well, you know? Yeah, I guess that's a good point, because that's it's, also about a virus outbreak. In yeah, because even though it does take place in a world where an outbreak happened, I think from what we've seen so far in terms of gameplay and story of the second game, it seems like this is going to be more focused on the inner human connections as opposed to there's an outbreak, you know? Yeah. So I don't think it is really that big of a factor. All right. It just crossed my mind, and I was wondering if anyone else had had a similar thought and what their opinion on it was. But, yeah, now that you kind of bring it up that way, yeah, I don't think it's going to have much or yeah. have would have had any much of an impact on their decision. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they outline it right in their statement. It's a logistical issue, and, you know, it sucks that we're probably not going to get the game till probably september october now but so now you know, it's good. now do you think it'll compete with cyberpunk i think cyberpunk will get delayed too yeah yeah i, I go ahead Derek. my my thinking is that it's so if it i don't know what the 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 logistics are but i'm thinking if a game goes gold so a game going gold is we have a physical product to ship and then usually, usually I think it's like three, three to four weeks is like the the minimum you want out for for a game going gold. And then there's like next three weeks is like that one day patch if you still have like some small bugs to do. So if they're they're planning to go gold, the end of this month because that that'll be about a month out from re- release date. I'm guessing the reason it's delayed is because going gold on. April 29th will mean they won't actually get their physical copies done until too close to the release date. And then then you add, okay, so if it takes three weeks to get 
the physical copies created and and shipped to maybe the the distribution centers. So okay, then the dis- distribution centers have a week to get them out to all the stores, and then the stores can put them on the shelves. That's you know that's a month period, but that whole process because of COVID nineteen is being extended, probably by a month, two months. So if Cyberpunk goes gold in August, I don't think we're going to be back to the, the normal of maybe it, it takes three weeks. I think we're still going to be at that maybe three months time to get something done. So with the way Cyberpunk's development's gone, unless it goes gold in June, I don't see it coming out in September. The one thing I do see yeah. them doing, though, is maybe still releasing digital digitally. Do you think they would do that? Because there's th- not nearly as many pre-orders like there is for The Last of Us? And I think they it has a much much it has a whole PC market to it, whereas PS4 doesn't have a PC market to it. That's for so yeah. if half half of your market doesn't even rely on physical releases anyway, you're kind of just shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, I mean, didn't Xbox at one point try and go all digital anyway? So the Xbox yeah, they, sad. I, I think that's one of their plans is to go all digital in the next like five years or something. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of like indie games that don't have physical versions on Switch and such. Like Hollow Knight used to not have a physical version. Celeste, you know, a lot of these great games that yeah, everyone yeah. loves, only digital. So, yeah, all good points. Um, regardless, I'm sad that Last of Us Part Two got delayed. Yeah, yeah, it uh, actually came at a really funny time for uh, the Jewett household over here. Why is that? Um, because Nick just finished the the first one. He actually did it. Oh wow! What did he think? It was the best <laughs> he he loves it, and he and he got more and more excited for the second game. Yesterday night, we watched the trailers. It reminded me that the game was supposed to come out on my birthday, um, but then that that ship sailed. And then so he was getting really excited about it, um, and he's playing the DLC. I think right now. I was um, gonna play the DLC right before the second one came out, but I guess I'm waiting to do that now. <laughs> I have a little more yeah. time. Now I have more time to replay it again. <laughs> there you exactly. Go. <laughs> I just might. <laughs> perfect um all right i uh it's also a blessing in disguise for me because now i can go all in on xenoblade oh baby did you get that in oh wait no it's not out yet um xenoblade comes out the same day as um last of us last of us or was it was supposed to come out yes um may 29th so that kind of transi- transitions us into the fact that Nintendo uh, randomly dropped a mini direct on, what was that March 26th? Yeah, last Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which would have been the day that we would have recorded the podcast. We recorded it a day early that week. So this is pretty old news. Early 12 hours later. Yeah, but for a mini direct, uh, there's actually a lot of really cool stuff in here. Oh, yeah. It was like, what, 25, 20? Yeah, something like that. It was it was up there. Um, but I'm going to give a quick kind of rundown of the stuff that I thought was really cool. If anyone, if I miss anything that someone is interested in, feel free to chime in at the end uh, with what I missed. We'll start with uh, Smash Bros. announced what their next DLC fighter was going to be, kind of. They said they announced and announced. <laughs> yeah, they said that it's going to be... Classic Nintendo... So Nintendo said that it's going to be a character from ARMS. Uh, we A lot of people are kind of going back and forth online predicting who it's going to be because they didn't say exactly who it's going to be. 
I know aren't Springman right. and Ribbon Girl, are they assist trophies or is it just Springman? I know Springman is. I'm not positive on Ribbon. So yeah, there's some people that think it's gonna be Ribbon Girl. There's some people I'm say I'm hearing say Helix, which is that flubber looking thing. There's Twintel, the chick with the booty who punches yeah. with her hair. Um Yeah, I think the top two candidates from Arms One are Twintel and Min Min. Yeah, Min Min, who's the girl. Her I personally would like ramen. it to be Min. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Min Min's cool. My personal theory is that um, it's gonna be kind of like Bowser Junior, where you'll be able to cycle through all of them, and they'll have the same move set, and it's just a different uh, aesthetic. Uh, that would be really cool, actually. I didn't yeah. consider that. So you can easily get eight characters from that game into a single Smash character because they'd all function essentially the oh, same because yeah. their whole thing is the fact that yeah. they have punchy arms. Every single character in that game is functionally the same. Um, so I, yeah. One of the other big theories I've seen floating around is that since the announcement of this character is going to be in June when E3 was supposed to happen, uh, it is going to be tied into an ARMS 2 announcement and the poster child character of that game is going to be the representative yeah interesting theory yeah i could definitely that's just something i've seen thrown around did you guys play arms Nope. yes i uh i was really into it when it came out actually i um i played it a lot but then no one else did so i stopped yeah it seems like one of those games that like nintendo just created because they had a gimmick they thought they could use with it and it was like yeah this looks kind of interesting for like five minutes and then i'll probably never play it again (laughs) i thought it was a really cool concept and the 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 music in that game is really cool the character designs are really cool it's just didn't really latch on there's some people who are really into it yeah it it, that's it it would surprise me if they did announce a sequel because it just didn't seem like it it landed you know would you say it didn't have legs (laughs) um so uh i'm gonna put down five dollars you guys can take me up on this if you want but this character is gonna have a tether recovery that's my prediction that's too (laughs) obvious um all right next thing on the list from the direct is xenoblade chronicles definitive edition andrew talks about xenoblade chronicles so uh I, I don't know what to say. Like, it just looks amazing. I, I'm so excited. They uh, All the updated models and the, the game visually looks stunning, which yeah. is the main thing holding it back. Or yeah. hold that held the original game back was its uh, visuals because it came out kind of late in the Wii's cycle. Um, if they had, like, delayed that game for a few years and put it out on the Wii U and made it a little better looking, then it probably would have resonated a little more. Mm-hmm. Um but also from the trailer, they actually showed a lot of gameplay, which I didn't expect. Um, and from what we have seen, it seems that the quality of life updates that they're making is exactly the kinds that we were looking for in a remake, um, which makes me super excited because I never played the original game. Um, but and Jeff, you played a little bit of it. Uh, I maybe did. I played the 3DS remake. Yeah, maybe these. Uh, if the the game gets enough quality of life, you know, improvements, it'll draw you in a little bit more, which would make me really happy because it's one of my favorites. Um, and then we'll they see. also announced that there's an epilogue, which is awesome. Which means there'll be something new for everybody. 
yeah, that is pretty cool. I, I like you said, it looks really cool. It looks anime as hell, which I, I'm definitely into. Um, but yeah, the 3DS one didn't really catch me, so I'll have to wait to see what your opinion of it is, even though that might be yes. bias as a whole. <laughs> It'll think, definitely be biased. So but... I'll, maybe I'll have to get someone else who uh, didn't play the original or has no real um, love for this game originally and mm-hmm. get their opinion to see if it's worth going into. Because, yeah, I didn't yeah. really stick with it. I mean, it you said I that uh, your main draw back was the combat right yeah it looked it was pretty boring for me and from what i saw in the gameplay footage it looked very much the same where the shulk was just standing in place the whole time and then there was a little menu at the bottom you just kept pushing buttons on that menu and not really doing anything but it's not turn-based and that's basically what the combat's been it's not turn-based it's all active time yeah active time when you're standing still just seems kind of weird to me but um well, I mean, you don't necessarily have to stand still. You, you can position uh, around the enemy. Being on a specific side of any enemy, front, back, or sides, uh, matters for certain abilities and, and characters. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think the combat's fine. That's just me. It might be a personal thing. Uh, but I think if you get past your, your you know grudge with the combat, then the game is so magical. Like... The story is amazing. The world is amazing. The music is one of the best video game soundtracks ever made. Uh, it's just so good. We'll see so. uh, how I feel when it comes out. Well, now you won't have to play the last, and the Last of Us won't be there, so now it's perfect. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, let's see. We got um, the 2K trilogy. We got Bioshock, Borderlands, and XCOM 2 all coming to the Switch. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I know I've I've only ever played a little bit of the first Bioshock, and I think this is going to be Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite. Yeah, yep. And then Borderlands is 1 and 2. Right? The Borderlands uh, and I think the it's pre-sequel, supposed to be, right? yeah. yeah, and pre-sequel, okay. I think. And then XCOM 2 is just XCOM 2. But um, I've always wanted to play the XCOM games because everyone says they're really awesome tactics games, and I've never played them so maybe this will be a cool time for me to check it out they are i mean that's basically what mario and rabbits is yeah yeah it's a light it's an easy version of it (laughs) xcom is an easy version of mario rabbits no mario the way around i think (laughs) yeah xcom is brutal i so xcom is uh on my list of games for my my article writing oh nice yeah it's one that i i threw down very early and uh, have not picked back up, so I'm I'm that's on my list of yeah ones to play again. Interesting. Uh, let me know when you do pick it up because maybe I'll play it alongside you. I'm kind of yeah. I think yeah, I've never uh, never played one. I I know I I own the first one. Uh, and then I th- I think I might have um uh pirated the second one. You dirty bastard. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't even play it, so it was like. Is it really stealing if you uh, don't use it? I don't. Yes. <laughs> I guess. But they weren't going to get my money either way. So ask the guy with the source code. <laughs> um. Yes. Yeah, so all those coming is really cool. Uh. Just a lot of real classic games finally coming to the Switch. It's the part of the bring everything to Switch, uh, thing that everyone's trying yeah, to get. Is... Um, Wait. So you've if you've not played Bioshock, you've not played Infinite. No. Oh, 
Never oh, played any Bioshocks. Oh my I, god. Well, I guess we know what list we're adding them to. I know <laughs> I know the <laughs> twist at the end of Bioshock Infinite though. I yeah, don't. but like it's about the journey. Is it? Also, there's the DLC which adds even more and makes it even like better. Okay, I don't it's know. It's even what more to that. infinite. Yeah, th- it, well, you can't play the DLC without playing the original game. Gotcha. But uh, not not like physically, but like you know, you shouldn't because it <laughs> it won't make as much sense. Uh, but the, the original Bioshock is one of the greatest games ever made. So, all right, well, hmm. I, I think you'd probably be the only one to play that, so we can definitely add that to the list of uh, video game book club games. Yeah, for sure, I'm down. Um, all right, next one. Uh, I'm very excited for Bravely Default Two, which uh, is coming yeah. out. It's coming out this year. Also, a demo is available now. So, is it? Yes, they put out a demo that you could download mm-hmm. that day, and they're taking feedback from people, kind of like they did with Octopath Traveler, where people got to play uh-huh. that and they'd get a survey and kind of be right. like, "I like this, and I don't like this." So, uh, have either of you played Bravely Default or Bravely Second? No, I have not. So the way that I like to describe the Bravely Default games is if Square Enix kept Final Fantasy as four mages or four party members and there's mages and there's crystals and that kind of stuff as opposed to mm-hmm. going like what they did with Final Fantasy 7 VII and 8 and then 10 and so on going forward. It's it's basically like the Super Nintendo era Final Fantasies. And they're really good. Okay. <laughs> There's job systems and whatnot in them for your four characters. You learn new jobs. You can master abilities in those jobs and then change to a different job and bring the abilities you mastered. Uh, it's, yeah, I really loved the first one. Uh, I think I got most of the way through the second one and then something big came out that I put it down for and I never went back to it. It's one of those things with an RPG where it's, oh, I'll come back to this, but you're gone so long that by the time you go back, mm-hmm. you need to start it over and it's not worth starting over. Um but yeah. So and so this sequels along the lines of kind of like the way Final Fantasy numbers, right? So like this one's not a sequel to Bravely Default, Anthem. but its own. And Correct. then second was a okay. Yeah. So Bravely Second is a direct sequel to Bravely Default. It's got the same characters in it. I think okay. four of the party members, yeah. two out of the four party members in the second game are from the original game. Um, whereas Bravely Default Two is a whole new set of characters. I I don't know if it's in the same world. It might just be a different continent in the same world. or But yeah, they're kind of going with the Final Fantasy thing where the numbered games aren't necessarily connected story-wise, but more so connected thematic-wise. Right, um, okay. The battle system in these That's games are really cool. big Square Enix move. Uh, you have the Brave and Default system. That's why it's called Bravely Default, where basically you store up points. Whoa. So you can, either, you can either default and not do anything that turn and you kind of go into a defensive stance and that gives you one brave point and you can store up to four and then you can spend your brave points to do multiple actions in a single turn so if you notice like an enemy has a weak stance you can kind of brave until they go into that we- or default until they go into that weak stance and then uh, use all your brave points to do huh. three or four attacks in that single turn and do massive amounts of damage it's really really cool and certain abilities get stronger in different ways if you use more brave points on them very fun i'm sure that they're very different but from what you have described to me it sounds very similar to octopath um in its systems yeah just with different names i guess octopath definitely took a good amount from bravely default for sure 
uh it's doing it's kind of it's different art style uh bravely default has the chibi whereas uh octopath had the right yeah. hd 2d sprites or whatever they were calling it oh so mm-hmm. good it did look really uh, cool that was such a cool art that was a cool art style too bad the game wasn't that interesting um but yeah <laughs> i'm definitely gonna get this when it comes out and play through it and i'll give you guys kind of my uh general thoughts on it and if you like the older final fantasy games i definitely think this could be a game that you'd be interested in um, I think the problem with Octopath Traveler was that while the mechanics were really good, the story was so boring and insignificant that it didn't make me mm-hmm. want to keep playing it. Whereas the Bravely Default games actually have really interesting stories. Like the first one, one of your party members has amnesia, which is a very big video game trope, especially in like <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy style games. Uh, but the way that plays out through the story is actually really, really cool. And it's interesting and it hmm. pushes you through the game. So. Okay. I think I'll download it after this. The demo? Yeah. The demo. Give it yeah. a shot. It's really, really shot. fun. I might. It's free. No reason not to. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion pass details. Basically, they just recapped what they had already talked about with the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra. Yeah. No, no one cares. Um, it's none. Well, none of us. <laughs> it's Bunny Month in Animal Crossing. No one cares. Um, all right. Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy is out on Switch, which is sweet. So you know how I was telling you guys to play Star Wars Jedi Knight uh, 2 Jedi Outcast, which came yeah. out on Switch? This is the sequel to that. Okay. Uh, okay. In the in Jedi Outcast, you play as a Jedi called Kyle Katarn. He's this really cool badass. Like, imagine if Han Solo was a Jedi. That's kind of the vibe that Kyle Katarn gives off. Uh, and then this right. is the sequel to that game where you go to Luke's Jedi Academy and you create your own Jedi and you can choose the race that they are and build your lightsaber and then eventually customize it and do either two lightsabers or a double-sided lightsaber. And it's really cool and fun. Uh, and they brought back the multiplayer mode, which is fun. Oh, okay. they did. Yeah. And apparently uh. um, PC players are re-downloaded their copies and went online and started slapping all of the switch players. Oh, jeez. Uh, Cause they <laughs> oh, play man. significantly better and probably are also hacking yeah. the game. Um, but yeah this is really cool if you ever end up i would say play jedi outcast first if you're ever going to play one of these games and then go to jedi academy afterwards but they're both really fun games quite possibly i've been uh, a little bit intrigued by going back to play a lot of the old star wars star wars games um but we'll see who knows i've had uh republic commando on my list to play play forever and i still haven't had time to to like i think it's a short game too so it's like i just gotta do it and play it the one where you play as the clones yeah um it's it's considered one of the better i think star wars licensed games um i I know i did play outcast i did like outcast uh way back in the day um i don't know all all the star wars licensed games used to be so so good i feel like so back you know early 2000s before before the license got before all the weird. dark times <laughs> uh so uh speaking of old star wars games the probably the biggest news out of this entire uh mini direct was that star wars episode one racer is coming to the nintendo Switch. oh yes <laughs> now and that's I, pod racing i lost my mind i was so excited about that because this game is so fun yeah it is a great game i don't know it's what like 
my entire life, even though I've owned an N64 since childhood, I only own like four N64 games, and Episode One Pod Racer has been one of them. It's so good. Uh, I don't know what form they're bringing it. I don't know if it's going to be polished up in any way or if it's just a direct point of the N64 game, but regardless, I'm buying it, I'm playing it, and my favorite part of that game is when you're in Watto's shop. Or is it the shop or like a save screen or something? Watto just kind of mumbles the cantina song and it's the greatest thing ever. I love yeah, it. I remember you showing me that. I did show you that recently. Oh, man. I'm very excited for this game. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. I'm, definitely I, I'm betting be. it'll just be a, a port of the PC version because I think the PC version is, oh, is there a, a little... Oh, is there a PC version? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I own it. Huh. I didn't know that. Huh. Yes, yeah. Star Wars Episode One Racer. Oh, cool. Well, look at that. Last played May tenth, two thousand nineteen. Oh, too long ago. So another game that was coming to the Switch is Catherine Full Body. I've never played this game, but it's always intrigued me, and I've never gone out of my way to play it. But now that it's coming to the Switch, it seems like kind of perfect platform for it. It's coming out in July, so it's a perfect layout in the hammock uh, and grind through it game. Apparently, the story for it is really, really cool. And the puzzle, like, dream sequences in it are really fun. Apparently, there's a competitive scene for it. So oh. That's a thing that I didn't know existed until Really? Recently. Yeah, there's a competitive Catherine scene, which is interesting. Hmm. Uh, did so, not know about that. So, I'm excited for that. Ring Fit. It's got that, of- uh, that uh, signature Atlas style. Oh, yeah, that Atlas anime look for sure. Uh, Ring Fit got a um, Beat Saber mode that you can play songs from Mario Odyssey, Splatoon yeah, 2, and did. Breath of the Wild in. So that's pretty cool. You know, it's just called Rhythm Games, Jeff. Not everything is Beat Saber. It's this is Beat Saber. Um, it kind of is Beat Saber, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of the, Not quite. the most noteworthy things that I noticed. Is there anything that I missed that you guys were interested in? Uh, I don't think so. Everything kind of, you know, fell into a blur after Xenoblade. <laughs> Derek, did, was there anything noteworthy that I missed for you? I don't think so. I think that I, I, I could barely remember what even was in the direct that when you mentioned it, I was like, well, I, I watched that and I don't remember anything from it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited. I think there's some, a lot of really cool announcements here and they, they call it a mini direct, but I would have been fine justifying it just as a direct i thought it was really fun shows i mean coming. i think i i get why it was a, a mini direct because all the announcements were either pre-announced stuff or just like small little things yeah know? nintendo they didn't really or... drop any like you know because now nintendo's you know big 2020 game was animal crossing and it's still animal crossing we don't know anything yet about the rest of the year right yeah that's a good point which leads us to our next news Derek, man, you're on point with these uh, transitions today. Uh, The last piece of news that I have for us today is that Nintendo is reportedly planning on Mario Remaster for the Switch, celebrating Mario's 35th anniversary with games like Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario 3D World, Super Mario 64, and a new Paper Mario game. Did they they say a new one? A A new Paper Paper Mario game that's going going back to the roots of... Uh, the games like the N64 one and Thousand Year Door. This seems like one of those rumors that it's too good is, to be true. Finding a 4chan thread, you know? Yeah. Like this is like I don't even like that. Like how? Like what? 
it sounds it's basically what this is uh shaping up to be is super mario all-stars 2 where it's just the best 3d mario games in a single package and then on top of that also a new paper mario game i if this doesn't turn out to be true i'm gonna be so upset (laughs) yeah i mean go ahead i mean i I just the 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 ability to play all of the the 3D Mario games in a like I don't it doesn't even need to be remastered. Just the ability to play them all on on a Switch would just uh like that would be the best thing ever. Um, I I can't remember how many times I played like Mario 64 DS on my uh on my DS when I had it. Like I've replayed sunshine so many times i've never replayed galaxy because like i never i got rid of my wii games and whatever but i'd love to be able to replay that and then like on top of all of it like our new paper mario that's the thing i'm most excited about please i love the first paper mario and and thousand year door and then after that the wii one went more like platformer based and got a little bit weird and apparently the 3ds ones weren't very good so i was well there's only one in the 3ds and that was sticker star and it shouldn't exist there is there one between the wii one and sticker star no it went from super paper mario to sticker star to color splash in the wii u that's the one i was thinking about and i heard that wasn't very great either so i heard it was good yeah yeah, it well, it obviously nothing you know compared to the first two games, uh, but I heard it was good in its own right. I heard the writing in that game is phenomenal. I mean, the writing in the Wii one was also really funny. Um, oh yes, yeah. Super, Super Paper, Paper Mario. Mario. I like that one. I loved that one. See, I didn't like the gameplay of it. I could. I think the gameplay would have been fine if I wasn't expecting it to be a sequel to Thousand Paper Mario. Mario. Yeah. You see, that's why I just don't expect things. Well, when you call a game Paper Mario and the first two followed a format and then the new one uh, is drastically different from that format, I think that's pretty uh, justified from being like, huh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, you know? I suppose, but hasn't, you know, plenty of developers have done that kind of thing in the past. That'd be like saying, oh, we're going to see an Iron Man movie and then the entire movie's about, I don't know, Moon Knight. You're like, huh, that wasn't really Iron Man. I think that's I a pretty unfair comparison. <laughs> I think it's good. Um, but yeah, this is really cool. I know, Derek, you're a huge Mario fan. Um, yeah, I I really like the platform. Like, just uh, They're all great, great platformers. Uh, <laughs> you can't say much more than that. And then, obviously, I lo- like Paper Mario is such a fun uh, RPG. I, I, my next wish would be, be for them to bring along the Mario and Luigi games but uh i've never played any of those and i heard those are the spiritual successors to paper mario and they're really good rpgs and i've never played any of them and i would love to play them but I yeah feel they're like pretty good there's no good way to play them now. superstar saga but i never got to play partners in time which was the sequel or bowser's inside uh, the, story yeah i think that was i think i don't know if the other two were actually uh, i guess the other two were after that were okay yeah, I played Bowser's Inside Story. It was really good. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about those games, and I'm sad yeah. that I, they somehow eluded me. I feel like I would have and loved one the them. original one as a kid on my Game Boy Advance. Yeah, there's one of them with Paper Mario. Yeah, that's oh, the most yeah, recent. That's right. Paper Jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of forgot that game existed. Um. All right, cool. That wraps up news for us today. 
Uh, we've been talking for a good while now, so let's go take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, games we've been playing. I got some things I want to say about some things. All right. All right. Okay. Cool. All right, so I want to complain about Animal Crossing for a couple minutes <laughs> before we <laughs> oh do boy. anything else. Um, so, first off, I think I might already be done with Animal Crossing. Uh, you might be done. I am reaching a similar conclusion. So, I just got to the point where I had three new uh, people move into the island after I built the houses and furnished them and put all the furniture and crap outside, too. I... They upgraded resident services, and Isabel came to the island. Uh, yeah. Okay. Today is the first day I haven't played since I got the game, and I don't really care that I haven't played it because I feel like I'm now at a point where it feels pointless again. Like, when I first started, the game felt pointless, and then it, I kept getting objectives, and they were interesting and cool, and then now I'm at a point again where it's just like, I don't care to upgrade my house anymore. I don't care about people coming to my island. There's no bigger thing driving me to make me want to play the game, Yeah, and the game itself isn't doing it for me anymore. So Yeah, kinda... I, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. You don't want KK Slider to come put on a concert at your island? N- no. I don't really care. I mean, but like how holistically achievable uh, is that like within a time frame? Uh I think I don't I mean, it doesn't give you like clear what the steps are, but I'm I feel like I'm pretty well into that that process right now. And I've only been playing maybe an hour or two a day since it came out. Uh, speaking of time frames, Andrew, Allison and I, so, uh, it's the beginning of April and there was a fish that you could only catch in March during a certain time window during the day. Allison and I, between two days, spent about six hours to catch this one fish. Really? Yeah. Uh, it was the, Allison, was, was it the worth name it? of that fish? Allison, what was the name of that fish? The one that took us six hours to catch. A string fish. We spent six hours trying to catch a goddamn string fish to put it in our museum. Why? Uh, <laughs> because, like, it, w- it was going away, and we wouldn't have the chance to catch it again for another nine months or something. And I was like, well, Eleven. we, we got to get – I think it's, like, a three-month window, but it just so happens when uh, the okay. game came out. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. We felt compelled to do it, and I guess that was – fun and then i realized we weren't having fun but it was the sunk fa- cost fallacy where it's like well we put in so much time if we don't get the fish i'll ah. be like so yeah that happened uh and that kind of drained my soul a little bit <laughs> uh and on top of that uh, this game has a lot of mechanics issues that frustrates the fuck out of me it is not such a, as it's not a smooth game to play okay so my first complaint is that uh, the the game is on a grid-based system, but nowhere does it show you this grid. It's an imaginary grid that you just kind of have to hope works in your favor. So I shared a clip with you guys. Yeah. If, if you guys yeah. go to the Game Sharks yes. uh, Twitter, it's at Game Check Sharks. Check out our Twitter. The, I put up a clip. It's me. It takes me 17 seconds to fucking pull a Manila clam out of the ground because 
the hit detection on me trying to dig in the sand is fucking broken. It's there's no leniency. The game has no assist to help you prioritize when there's something. So there's there's a clam in front of me and all around it is nothing useful. And then next to that is the ocean, which you can't dig. And let's see, I dig one, two, three holes. I whiff three times. I cover up one of the holes and then I get the clam. And it's just like fucking use some coding logic here and make the game prioritize the fact that I want to dig up this clam. I don't like, and then I have issues where I'll go up to uh, one of the crafting tables and press a button to use it and say, I'm holding a fishnet. I just smack the crafting table with my fishnet. It's like in what world would I want to smack the crafting table with the fishnet? Just fucking no. I'm in the proximity of the crafting table. Let me access the crafting table. What the fuck is this bullshit? The hit detection in this game is awful and unforgiving and unnecessarily so. It's supposed to be a nice, calming, relaxing game. And it just stresses me the fuck out because <laughs> nothing ever works the way that it should. And it's not helpful whatsoever. And I hate it. It makes me so mad. That's another reason why I don't want to go back to this game because it's just frustrating. Uh, huh. Side note, I made a Game well. Shark sweatshirt and that's pretty cool. And I put up a portrait of my nice. niece, Isabel, in my house and it's really funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Very I don't nice. know. It feels really clunky and unnecessarily so. Uh, but probably my biggest complaint out of everything with Animal Crossing is that Allison and I are playing on the same system, two separate accounts. Both of our characters are on the island. I started the game, so I'm player one, I guess. Um, and I accepted the quest from Tom Nook to build three new houses to get uh, new people to come to the island. She in no way could participate with that uh, quest. She could really. She could not open uh, or look at the the things that said what items were required for the houses. She could not donate the items. So what she would have to do, uh, what she would have to do is put down any items that she got that I had to tell her what they were because she couldn't do it and she didn't get the recipes to craft these items either. She would have to go out get the things if she, it was her time to play. Uh, drop them in front of my house, log out as her character, log in as my character, pick the stuff up, craft it, and then either go deliver it as my character or drop it off, uh, log back in as her character, pick the stuff up, and then go and... She couldn't even deliver it, so there's no point. So she just have to, like, gather supplies and give them to me. And then it was pointless. And I feel bad for her because she can't partake in any of the main quest lines. Which means if I stop playing the game, then she gets like permanently stuck in this stasis of the island not getting any bigger so that seems pretty dumb yeah shitty it is dumb and shitty i don't know why they would do that <laughs> like i'm yeah, all I'm i mean all the for... idea of having uh one island per switch uh seemed pretty weird to me in the first place but then when you were talking about you know the way you guys were interacting before uh you know last week uh it seemed like oh maybe there was some silver lining to it but now <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm all for like sharing an island with her, but the fact that she can't play the full game because she happened to be the player that started second is really dumb. Yeah. And it's frustrating. Uh and also the two players on one screen thing is pointless. Have you either of you done that yet? No, I've not played no. with anybody. So what happens is uh one person is the leader and the other person is just the follower. All they can do is cycle through tools and pick stuff up. They can't access their pocket. The stuff that they pick up goes into the chest in the uh, 
What? Yeah, and oh. they you can't yeah. leave the proximity of the main player. If you run off, it won't. The camera won't follow you. It's not like a split screen thing. You just pop back right next to the main player. So there's no point in doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think a lot of the stuff kind of in this game has been botched, and <laughs> it's really turning me off of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. That's my Animal Crossing rant. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm definitely getting to a similar point. I think out of the last week, I've probably only played like two or three days. You know, I I got to that same point as you, Jeff. I'm building the houses to have my villagers move in. But it's just like the gameplay loop in order to even do those things. It's like, okay, I here I'm on my island. I'm going to go hit all the rocks with my shovel and then chop down some trees, but not all the trees. Uh, you know, only until I get the right amount of wood and enough of those kinds of wood because it's all random. Yeah, that's another um, thing is why can't certain trees give you certain types of wood? I need so much regular wood, but I have infinite amount of hardwood and softwood because nothing fucking uses it. It's yeah. just like, let a dark tree give you uh, hardwood and let a normal tree give you normal wood and then i can yeah. plant those trees in certain spots to have a farm for that I don't know. yeah it's like and then i have to you know go over every square inch of my island to find holes to dig up fossils uh and then you know i tried to plant some trees but i think they might have been too close together but there was nothing that told me that they were too close together so they just weren't growing i was trying to make my my you know my town looked nice and uh and neat and organized and 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 have some trees planted but they were uh they didn't grow and even trying to put them in like a certain row like you were saying with the grid thing uh you know trying to guess the spot accurately took some some work uh you know i wasn't able to actually just put it where i wanted it and have it look even and even that even then with the curvature of the uh the camera i can't tell if it's even there yeah, for a game that's supposed to be very calming and relaxing and easy and simple to play, I find myself getting insanely frustrated just trying to do simple tasks because it yeah. just feels like the game doesn't cooperate with what I'm trying to do. The beginning was great because there was like something significant and new every day, whereas now I'm just doing the same thing over and over, which is exactly why I didn't like playing it in the first place. Uh, yeah. And there's like there's no overarching story of any kind. So yeah. there's nothing really that ties me back. I, I was thinking about this today, actually. I oftentimes will continue to watch a show I'm, or play a game I'm not super jazzed about if I want to see the story conclude. You know? Mm. Something like that. What do you think, Derek? Have you been playing it? You've been pretty quiet. Um. So I don't... I definitely don't feel uh, the same way you guys do. Um but I see your criticisms. Uh, I know that the multiplayer criticism has been very widespread online. I've been reading about it a lot. Unfortunately, it doesn't, or fortunately, it doesn't really affect me because I'm the only one playing it. Mm. Um, and I just, that, that boils down, I think, 100% to, and this could be a whole other conversation, is Nintendo is bad at multiplayer and doesn't understand what people in the multi, like, want for multiplayer. And they're just, it's it's they're they're just not they're out of their element with multiplayer and it's very clear in in this game. Um, uh, as for like the game itself, it seems like uh, and it, this is a, just my opinion. A point at this point is like you guys are trying to do end game stuff in like what is still the tutorial. 
or 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 like like my the other thing that comes to mind is like trying to like min max to like make progress uh i don't know i'm just thinking about like making sure you have all these types of trees planted and and like oh i gotta build you know i want like have you know a little a little forest of these trees so i can get wood all the time i don't, I don't know it's the, the game starts off just very weird and paces very weird weird and it's like at the point where i feel like i'm kind of still in a tutorial for the game uh but it's just like a very 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 slow tutorial and like i'm the, like continuing through it in the hopes that the game like opens up i don't know do you get you know what i mean yeah like eventually it will be easy to do all these things like, it'll be easy to make your island look very nice because there's a tool that maybe you'll be given or something that will make it easy i, I don't know I, I feel like i saw footage of like like that like the terraforming stuff that made it look like eventually modifying your island is very very simple and very very easy it's just it takes a while to get there like that's the end game of it you know i think another criticism that i have with this game is uh and it's kind of what my thought going into it was is that it's just pointless uh you're talking about end game stuff and kind of uh, min maxing to make my island look good i really don't care what the island looks like my house it looks like a pile of junk that i just kind of throw in there i i loosely organize it sometimes but i got really excited because i got a recipe to build um beekeeper hive and i was like okay i'm gonna build a bunch of beekeeper hives and keep bees and that's gonna be really cool and fun that i can show people my bees and i built the beekeeper hive and you cannot interact with it you can't do anything with it it just sits there and I was like, there are bees in this game. Why can I not just put bees in my hive and then, like, they float around? And I don't know. It's just, like, there's so many items that you can buy from the store and then you just put them in just your house. Just look at them. And, yeah, just yeah. just look at this. I, I look at this randomly generated thing that I spent money on. It's, I don't know. I think maybe, I don't know. I think all of the things that See, I thought. See, now you know why I collect vinyls. Yeah. <laughs> I think all the reasons I thought I wouldn't like Animal Crossing are proving true. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think it's That's what it not, sounds like. It's not for me, I think, is what I've decided. I'm glad I gave it a shot. I played it for like two weeks. Um, and I don't know. I think I'm going to be yeah. forced to play it unless Allison wants to hop back and forth between characters so she can continue to do things on hers. Or if she just wants to kind of wipe the island and start fresh, I don't know. That'll be up to her. But uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not something that I can play for more than like 20 to 30 minutes at a time. Um, but it's also not something where those 20 to 30 minutes are getting me enough, you know, done to, to like get places in the game, you know, like everything, it just feels so slow going. And like you said, Derek, still a tutorial. And that's not where I want to feel with a game that I have been playing for the last two weeks. Yeah. Right. I, I, I get that. I get yeah. I get that criticism, and I, I guess like I I think about and I guess uh, my enjoyment of this game could be entirely uh, nostalgia filled um, or partially nostalgia filled because I like right now when I get up in, in the morning to play, it's so reminiscent of of what my sisters and I used to do um, 
back when and we had the original Animal Crossing on GameCube. You know, we would wake up early, early in the morning and go down to our basement and start playing. And I would do whatever I needed to do that day. And then she would uh, we, like swap and she would do whatever she wanted to do on her character. And um, like, that's what we do in the mornings. And it, like, that's what I'm doing right now. I get out of bed and before I start my work from home, <laughs> I, I make my, my breakfast, I make a cup of tea and I sit on the couch and I play Animal Crossing for like two hours. <laughs> and then when I'm done, when I put it down and then I, you know, go to work or whatever. Uh, do you... uh, Dante and I talk about our stocks all day. Uh, hey, what's stocks? your stock? What's your turnip price? And we're like, oh, I, I feel like it's going up. You know, I think, I think tomorrow I might be at a high price. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's weird, but I, I'm enjoying it, and I'll probably keep playing it for a while. Do you think you're able to enjoy this game more than you would normally uh, because of the quarantine and you're working from home, so you have a little bit of extra time to kind of wake up in the morning and play casually? Do you think if you had to wake up early or wake up in the morning and go into an office and then you're at the office all day and then you come home and then you only have so much time to play uh, all the different games that are in front of you, do you think you would have it would be less interested in playing Animal Crossing in that instance? Uh, no, because I think one of the things that I think sets, uh, or one of the things I think I like about this game is that you really just can progress at your own pace. Um, so like logging in and for an hour, for 30 minutes, for 20 minutes, whatever, you can kind of, you know, make a little progress. Um, I guess it. I guess it. It depends on like what you enjoy as a video. Like I feel like you guys probably wouldn't see playing for twenty minutes as making progress. But like for me, like if I just walk around the island for twenty minutes, fishing and catching bugs and digging fossils, and then going to get those assessed and selling whatever I don't need and then logging off, that's like a like yeah. I mean like that's some progress because like my goal is to pay off my house so I can make it bigger. Like I I've already like starting to think about like. Ooh, what do I want? What I want? I want like a one room to be a gym, and then maybe another room to be like uh, uh, a kitchen, and then maybe in the basement I'll do something like weird, and like and like. So I, I have a, a plan for when I eventually get these kind of th these additions to my house. And like from what you were saying, Jeff, you don't even care about building up your house. You're like, I don't give a crap, and that's that kind of that's half the game gone. <laughs> right you know yeah like <laughs> you so, don't care about what your house looks like why i guess why why play <laughs> yeah i guess at that point then yeah it just definitively isn't a game for me then because <laughs> i just that's not stuff i'm interested in yeah yeah i i mean like yeah i want my house to you know i want to see my house get bigger and and put work into it but the process of getting there to me right now feels so monotonous and samey that i don't want to actually put in that time and that, I mean, I, I, that's a valid criticism, I think. I think the game is, is a little bit dated. Um, I think that they, they did have some like good quality of life updates from, from previous entries to now, but it's still, for 2020, I would, I would say it's kind of a little bit of a dated game, uh, and mainly because of like criticisms you guys, you guys bring up. Like, there are things they could have done a little better to bring it up to 2020 standard. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's just kind of a 
bittersweet realization that it's not for me and then i think i'm done playing it mm-hmm. but um yeah like i said i'm glad i gave it a shot um now that i i definitively know animal crossing is not for me um yeah yeah i think i'm uh i'm right there with you um so i guess let's move on from animal crossing uh i can just kind of go down the list of things that i've been playing derek you and i played call of duty Warzone for the first time uh was that two days ago yeah yep yeah that was the best experience i've ever had with the uh battle royale as a whole it was you me and our buddy tcon uh and i don't know the way we were playing we were very communicative with each other and making calls and playing as a group and smart and we were doing really well and normally it's just chaos when i play battle royales and no one's on the same page and everyone's like yeah we're gonna do really good and everyone's exploring like four different houses spread out across a certain area and it never works well uh so yeah i i really enjoyed it i thought it was a good time and i think we should definitely play more yes i i i really i mean i i'm a big br br fan uh i really like warzone uh, mainly because it just has that like snappy well uh well-tuned feeling of call of duty that i mean that kind of like is why people buy new Call of Duties every year, um, but yeah, like I yeah, it was a lot of fun playing with uh, playing with you and Tcon. Um, I know I'm like the kind of person who I'm just ready to communicate in in battle royale games. So like when I have when I can start yelling at people or you're not yelling, but like telling people like, hey, this is what I'm doing. You know, oh, there's a guy over here. There's a guy over here. Like I I immediately start doing it. Uh, I know with like Apex when I'm playing solo, I'm yelling at the TV screen like you idiot there's a guy over there like why aren't you killing him like <laughs> why aren't you picking you know stuff like that it's like uh, yeah uh you're definitely a good squad leader and i think that's something that i've lacked in the past with battle Royale uh-huh. games as any cohesive like a single person kind of calling the shots uh which it was nice to have and on top of that you're good at the game so that makes it even better <laughs> yeah that, that does help right <laughs> i have neither of those qualities <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, I enjoyed doing that. Uh, another thing that I played this week is the new Slay of the Spire character came out on Switch. Did either of you get a chance to try um, her out yet? Nope. I haven't yet. I um, actually looked, uh, after last week when you mentioned it, I opened up the, the game and it, I, the character's not unlocked for me because I need to beat the game with, I think, did it, I, I don't remember if it said one uh, or all three of the first characters, huh. but interesting i didn't know yeah so yeah i can't even unlocked for me um i i like her i like what she's trying to do so she her whole gimmick is that she changes stances uh she as far as i can tell she has three stances there's you enter the game you're well i guess four there you have no stance uh and then you can enter a calm stance and when you do that uh basically what happens is once you leave the calm stance you get two extra energy then there's the wrath stance where all attacks uh, you do and all attacks done to you are double damage. And then there's the mantra stance where it's basically you gain mantra. Like you play a card, it's like gain two mantra. And then once you gain 10 mantra, all of your attacks do three times damage until the end of that turn. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, so it's kind of a back and forth of playing changing your stances at the right time so maybe playing a couple defense spells and changing into calm and then the following turn switching out of calm switching into wrath so you're doing double damage 
you get two extra energy so you can play a couple extra cards and then hopefully at the end of the turn switch back into calm uh, so that you're not taking double damage or maybe do that on a turn where your opponent's not attacking so you won't get right take right. the double damage from them so I think she's kind of the most technical out of all four characters so far. I have to put a lot of thought into each card that I play and the sequence that I play them. Which, yeah, that's that's what it kind of sounds like. Yeah, I'm really digging it. Um, the more I played four or five games as her, and I could kind of see a different kinds of builds that you're looking to do. So each character has three or four different builds that general builds that work for them. So she has um, similar to the poison um, for the silent i forgot what it's called with her but basically um i don't think it's i don't remember what it's called let's just i'll just say poison because i can't remember the name but it's a different form of poison where say you play a card that's like give them eight poison they get eight mm-hmm. and they take eight damage immediately and then that card cycles through my deck and i play it again it's give them eight poison they get eight and so their total is 16 so they take 16 damage right then um <laughs> So, uh, okay. so you can build a deck around that and just stacking up that status effect on them and doing a buttload of damage that way. Uh, she has a whole retain gimmick. So retain basically means that at the end of your turn, if you haven't used a card, it stays in your hand and you have it at the start of the next turn. Um, so she has things that are like, if a card is retained, uh, I think it's a power card that you play. That's If a card is retained in your hand, reduce its cost by one, uh, stuff like that. Um, so she has different kind of things going on and I've, I've only unlocked one set of new things for her. So, um, obviously as I play her more and unlock more of her cards and relics, I'm sure new play styles will kind of emerge, but I think she's really fun. Mm -hmm. If I had to rank her, she's probably my second favorite character after the silent. Um, maybe that'll change as I play more of her. Maybe I'd like her more than silent. Maybe I'll start to really not like her, but so far I think she's really cool. I think you'll dig her a lot, Derek. Yeah, I, I'm have to give her. I, I definitely, from what you've been describing, uh, it sounds like uh, she she's kind of got like a thought, uh, system to learn. Uh, I do like the idea of like I feel like uh, some of the other characters. Sometimes I'm just like not even thinking about what I'm playing, and I'm just like, oh yeah, throw throw damage out. But with her, it seems like you you do have to think about a little bit more, especially maybe even early game uh, about what cards you're playing, and that's I think that's just like teaching you good gameplay, you know. Yeah, her early game is probably the roughest out of all the characters. I think one of the... Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you start a game, you talk to that giant whale thing. Um, Yeah. I'm pretty sure one of her things is always the next three enemies have one health. Um, Just because Uh, the early game for her can be pretty rough until you start to get more cards to change your stances. Because I think in your starting hand, you only have one card that puts you into calm. Uh, And then other than that, you don't have anything that changes your stances. So, Uh, (laughs) yeah. It's really cool. Check it out when you can, Derek. I'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out before next week's episode. Sweet. Uh, and then the last thing I played is a game I started playing yesterday, and it's similar to Slay the Spire. It came out on the Switch uh, like a week ago. It's a game called One Step from Eden. Um, okay. Are you guys familiar with Mega Man Battle Network for the Game Boy Advance? No. Jeez. Oh, uh, I've heard it. So the way that game worked and the way this game works is you are on a four by four grid on the left side of the screen and your opponent's on a four by four grid on the right side of the screen and they kind of flow seamlessly into each other and it's deck building like Slay the Spire uh, and it's got paths similar to Slay the Spire and boss rooms and normal Mm -hmm. fight rooms and treasure chest rooms and stuff like that. But you're moving around this grid and casting your spells at your opponent 
and it's insane and very fast paced and very difficult but insanely fun um i highly recommend it if you like slay the spire it's a super up paced or upbeat fast paced version of that with uh an extra layer added because you're moving a character around a board uh you have two spells at any given time uh, on your A and your B button. And then you have an auto attack button that you can just use always. And there's mm-hmm. different, um, how, what is it? There's like eight different characters you can unlock. I still only have the first one. And then there's artifacts, which are the same as relics. And it's it's basically Slay the Spire with this crazy uh, addition of this grid-based battle system. And I check it out. I think it's like 10% off on Switch right now. It's on Switch and PC. It's really fun it melted my brain the first time i played it the first couple rounds you will have no idea what's going on but like slowly over time you'll kind of get a sense of what's happening and yeah i highly recommend it's called one step from eden was that in the uh the nindy showcase that happened recently i don't believe so wait nindy's one maybe i don't because that seems vaguely familiar to me on name alone i don't recall um, I'll look into hmm. it. Yeah, I check it out. I think you both would really like it. Um, I know it's kind of yeah, hard to talk I, about until you guys have a concept of what it is, but uh, in the next week, definitely give it a look. I think it's only I'll like twenty dollars. Check game. it out. So yeah, that's all I've been playing. Uh, anyone else playing anything new and interesting? Well, uh, in the uh, the last week since the last episode came out, I played through Doom Eternal entirely. Oh, wow. What'd you think? It's not wow. that long. What did I think? It was uh, basically the same as the first one, but better. Huh. Well, all right then. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uh, there's not a whole lot that I can really add from when Derek talked about it. Um, it, uh, yeah, it was doom it was a little faster all the movement options were great uh it was definitely more challenging uh than the first one i found myself on low low health a lot and out of ammo a lot uh so and there were i would get to a point a lot of the time where i would have no ammo and there would be no enemies that i could chainsaw so i was just like running around like what do i do um yeah and uh finding secrets in in stuff was really awesome the uh sword that you get is kick ass uh and there's the whole time it's just you know you're doom you're the doom guy so nice yeah it was cool it's not it's not a game i'm like super crazy about but it was it was fun uh i started a list of games that i want to play before the end of the year i'll probably wait till they go on sale uh and right now the two games on that list are doom eternal and uh, i also put resident evil 3 on that list uh, a lot of people are saying it's not quite as good as Resident Evil 2 last year, so I'm not really in any rush to play it. Uh, but I would still would like to play it before the end of the year to kind of get a sense of it for Game of the Year talk. But yeah, yeah. I, I will play Doom Eternal at some point. I don't know. I'm not going to jump on it immediately. And if I can get it half off or something like that, like six months down the line, I think that's optimal for me. Yeah, I would say that's fair. If I, like, I know that a lot of people probably like hi nia a lot of people probably you know hold doom in pretty high regard but i think i personally don't believe it should be 60 dollars. but i'm probably talking out of my ass (laughs) 
anything else you're playing? Uh, yeah. Well, a couple of days ago, Persona 5 Royal came out, uh, and I got my special edition copy in, and I've been playing it. I've played probably six or seven hours in the last couple of days. Um, the original plan was for me to play it with a friend of mine who hasn't played Persona, um, but my uh, roommate slash landlord has forbidden me from having people over. Uh, so, yay. Understandably so, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't stop his girlfriend from being here 99% of the time, but <laughs> I digress. Um, anyway, yeah, so I've been playing it by myself, which I didn't expect to do. Um, but I'm, like, getting sucked into it again. It's uh, It's really good. The improvements to the combat and the exploration of the dungeons are already like prevalent there's so much new stuff that they added and like just quality of life updates that make it so much more fun um and then even the new uh kind of outside of that like outside of that the um the new story stuff not story stuff but like it adds a little bit. There's like a new character and they're sprinkling her in. So, you know, she's present in the game from the beginning, even in a, even in a small way. Um, and so that's really cool to see. And like, there's, there's a bunch of new additions uh, as I'm going through. Uh, and it's really cool. Did you see uh, Jeff that IGN gave it a 10? I did see that. That's awesome. I want to yeah, play right? this. You, um, you gotta. My hope is that you finish it and then some point during the summer when things are slow that I'll borrow it from you and play through it. Well, I'll see how much I can get done in the next seven days before Final Fantasy comes out. Oh, uh, yeah, good point. <laughs> yep. Um, anything else? Uh, let's see. Well, I've talked about Animal Crossing. Uh, Nia, goddammit. Ooh, actually, we have to shout out the fact that we won a Clash tournament in League this weekend. I was getting there, but yeah. We, uh, yes, we did. A Saturday. You won? You, like, won, we won all the matches? Yeah. yeah. So uh, there were two tournaments. Oh. There's one on Saturday and one on this Sunday. The... the Saturday yes. one, we went 0-3, and it was really bad, and things uh-huh. did not go well. And then mm-hmm. Sunday, we rebounded and went 3-0 and nope. won the tournament. So, yeah, yep. that was pretty we, satisfying. We uh, swapped out. Uh, a member for our our real support that we usually play with. Mm. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, also, shout out to JP for carrying the shit out of us. <laughs> uh, I'd like to throw my own hat in that ring for that third game. Yeah, actually, when you were playing Jin, yeah, you carried. The yeah, shit out I of went second. fifteen and zero. <laughs> yeah, good point. JP's just Come consistently on. really good. I know, uh, and I know he listens. So, yep. Cool. Uh, yeah, but no, the first day sucked and the second day was great. Yeah, I agree. It's fun. I'm enjoying the teamwork aspect that we have going with Clash. Oh, yeah. Makes League yeah, way more fun. Yeah, uh, now we have done four tournaments uh, and we've gone all four different possible records. Yeah, we have a 50% win rate. <laughs> so. Yep. Nice. It's great, but yeah, we won our first one, so maybe we'll win some more. Maybe. All I have to do is not be in the top lane. <laughs> cool. Who oh boy. Anything else from you, Andrew? I don't think so. Uh, All right. I beat Ori before last week. So, yeah. No, I, I haven't really been playing much else. Derek, what have you been playing? So, uh, I'll tell you what I haven't been playing. Doom Eternal. <laughs> no? Uh, have not played it since uh, we talked about it. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just uh, have found myself playing Hollow Knight. 
Squad. Yeah, yeah, buddy. So I am at the end of the game, and I was telling Jeff this uh, the other day, Andrew. I didn't. So I, I was following a guide, and I didn't really know kind of like the scope of uh, the endings or anything like that. And I didn't know the guide was specifically um, follow like the one I was following was specifically leading you towards the I, the best or full ending, I believe. Okay. Where you you collect you get the 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 void heart. Yeah. Uh, and you you know you get the awoken dream nail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't know that there was another boss after the Hollow Knight. Uh, yum. And so I like I did the Hollow Knight, and I was like, oh yeah, this was this was pretty easy. And then you you awoken Dream Nail, and then you go in and you fight the Radiance, and yep. or the Radiant. And uh, I have not beaten it yet. Yeah, <laughs> I think I got to I got to the end on Monday. Uh, I think I've I've tried maybe like six or seven times. Um, I think I get to like. I don't get very, f- I get pr- decently far every time, but uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm having trouble uh, dodging. They get to a point, I think, in the in the fight where he, they, they start using a lot of their moves at once, and I just can't, I, I gotta get better at, like, timing my dodges. I, this is definitely now in one of my top ten games of all time. Uh, Right, it is is so good. It's so much fun. Uh, I love the kind of twist. Uh, not really a twist, but the, when you go to the the White Palace and it's just mm-hmm. platform. Yeah, uh, that was. I was like, holy crap! Okay, like now you're like throwing at me some like really hard platforming stuff. Uh, I was able to get through most of it without like looking at anything, and then I got to a part where I was just like stuck, just dying over and over. Mm-hmm. I like didn't know what to do. Um, I can't remember what part was it specifically. Um, it's in like the third, the third floor. There was just a jump I couldn't make, and I was wondering like why am I not making this jump? Uh, and then I realized there was a different way you're supposed to go, and I wasn't going the right way. I was like trying mm-hmm. to like jump and then like pogo off of something to get up to another platform and it was like there was actually a route under and over that you're supposed to take i can't remember exactly what it was but so beating that was so like getting through that whole part of the game was so uh like triumphant i felt like so good after that i was like yeah i'm actually like pretty good at this game did you also do the path of pain no so i, I didn't touched i think any of the dlc parts okay of it. right path of pain is dlc I want to say yes. So I know I have it. I think technically the Game Pass version is the the Void Heart edition or whatever. So it does have mm-hmm. all that stuff, but I haven't uh, I haven't dove into any of the DLC stuff. Okay. Uh, I kind of wanted to finish the game and then decide maybe if I would want to do it afterwards or whatever. Yeah, because uh, one of the DLCs, the Nightmare, I don't the Phantom, no, the Grim Troop DLC, something like that. Whatever that quest line is there the boss mm. of that is harder than the radiance i would say okay i don't know what it is with me and the radiance but i had like was going into it i didn't know anything about it i was like but i'd only heard that there's a secret final boss 
that mm-hmm. a lot of people consider to be among the, fo- the like the hardest bosses like in video games or something like that. Maybe, uh-huh, I'm, okay. maybe I'm playing that up or something. Uh, but that's what I remember happening at the time, and then I beat it on like my third try. So I don't know, but the but the boss in the the nightmare DLC is rough. Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, haven't. I'm, I'll have to give that a shot eventually and see how I if I'm actually good at the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the true test, basically. I mean, even the the pantheon in the most recent DLC pack is they're really rough as well. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, Darren, no, I'm glad you're enjoying it though. Definitely play Ori in the Blind Forest if you're really liking Hollow Knight. Uh, not yeah, Blind Forest, sorry, Will I, of the Wisps. Will of the Wisps. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, I think I need to maybe give um, Metroid Brainia Metroid Brainias a break <laughs> uh, a break for a little bit after playing. Uh, I, I still I still have to finish Castlevania. Um, but I've just been like waiting till we get close to the combo. But yeah, so I'm like, after I finish that, I think I might take a break for a little bit, uh, unless our next uh, book club game eventually is another Metroidvania. Also happens to be Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah, Blind Forest is in there. So watch <laughs> or, uh, it. Absolutely yeah. will be. So uh, I I'm trying to think. Uh, played some Warzone. Played some Modern Warfare. Uh, those are the same old same old. We already talked about Warzone. Uh, yeah, I don't think this. So the last thing, and uh, perfect transition as always. I've been playing Final Fantasy VII. All right. So if Jared, that's the last thing, if that's the last thing, I'm gonna stop you there so we can take a break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about Final Fantasy VII, and we'll do trivia, and we'll wrap this up. But uh, yeah, let's take a quick break right now. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Cool. All right, Derek, why don't you bring us into our conversation about Final Fantasy VII in preparation for Final Fantasy VII Remake, which comes out in one week. Ah! Yeah. Uh, so I um, I don't know if I had, I think I had mentioned before, but my, my goal was kind of to make it past Midgard, which I did today. I, I finished the Midgard piece and I'm now in the the open world of, of Final Fantasy VII. So I'm at least ready for the remake story-wise um but yeah so i think i've mentioned before this is my first final fantasy i played 15 uh i played three but like the real three not the not the usa three okay um and that's that's about it though uh for final fantasy i do like i like this game a lot i'm finding really Uh, that surprises me because yeah, a lot of people I, coming to it for the first time in 2020 struggle with it. So I I just I just figured out uh, the there is a three times speed option for the PlayStation version. Yeah. Um, so I have I did use that here and there to kind of speed myself up through these slow moments. That is indeed uh, very I, helpful. Yeah. Uh, there's also I think through the game about it. Yeah. There's like the like a limit all the time button. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to use that. I don't want to. That's a little too much. I, I think uh, Andrew and then ended up no... using that for a good mm-hmm. chunk of it to get through it. Yep, sure did. <laughs> Only towards the end. And then I, I think the third option is maybe like a no random encounters 
button option? I don't know. I don't know what it does, but... Uh, I know that was in the Final Fantasy IX port, so I'm assuming it's also there for seven. Yeah, I haven't tried it out, because I'm like, oh, I kind of still want random encounters, because I want to level up and stuff, but... Uh, but yeah, I, I like the time battle system. Um, I don't know, it feels like like my a breath of fresh air for kind of like the classic JRPG uh, style of of battling. Um, I I don't find it too too overwhelming. Where I'm like, crap, crap, he's ready, and I'm, I'm not ready. Like I feel like I'm I'm doing a good job of like thinking about like, oh okay, Cloud's almost ready. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna use I'm probably gonna use Bolt with him, and oh yeah, uh, Barrett's almost ready. Oh, he's at his limit. Okay, I'm gonna use limit. I find myself thinking at least fast enough to uh, that I'm even using the three times speed to like, all right, come on, come on, come on, get, you know, let's go, yeah. uh, during battles and stuff. Uh, but I think the thing, I mean, I, I haven't played the full game yet, so I can't really like give like a full opinion on on it. But the, I'm really, really excited to see Midgar in like full. 3d glory with the remake i mean we we had talked about the demo a couple weeks ago and like it looks so good and now just like going through the whole game you know uh the you know the two reactors you know going the the wall um the shinra headquarters like the the final escape i'm I'm excited to see all of that in like a full-fledged like 3d game and also uh, I'm excited to see what they like add into that. I mean, I be I, like I think you had said you beat it in like six hours, Jeff. I beat it seven hours. Okay. So like it's not a big chunk, but like I'm I'm excited to see what they add. Uh, yeah. And to make it like a a full game because th- yeah, there's definitely space in there to like add more. Like the you know I I don't like it's not like it's super you know everything has to happen as it happens story doesn't make sense like yeah you can you can mix it around a little bit not mix it around but like you know you can add some little things here maybe some little story beats to kind of uh spice things up i mean i haven't played the full game but i think there's room yeah there's (laughs) definitely plenty of uh like areas that you can go in like midgar has what eight or nine sections and you only hit up two or three of them in uh the original final fantasy 7 so yeah. there is more than enough extra um, like stuff for them to add to do to create a full game out of this, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Andrew, kind of tell me about your initial experience with Final Fantasy VII because I know you only played it for the first time recently. Yeah, um, last year. Yeah. Tell me, um, I don't know, what did you think about it? Um, I really like the, you know, the world and the, the storytelling that Final Fantasy VII did, although, you know, kind of, I think towards the end parts of it didn't really land for me, but it might be my brain because it's, I was confused. Um, Final Fantasy VII isn't exactly a simple story to to soak (laughs) in, so, um, but from in terms of gameplay, like I said, I would not have been able to get through the game without the three times speed button, and eventually I used the limit. Um, but like we've established before, I am just bad at Final Fantasy games. Like, I just don't know how to. I don't know how to min max the combat in order to to not die indefinitely. So 
Yeah. Uh, but I, I liked it for the most part. I'm not a huge fan of active time battles in general, which is why I'm much looking forward to the action-oriented uh, combat that's uh, like Final Fantasy 15 because mm. that one I loved. So, Yeah, I'm excited to see what this game is going to do. Um, like the combination of the old school style of the original Final Fantasy 7 and the the action-based stuff that we're getting that kind of comes from Final Fantasy 15. Um, Andrew, you ended up not playing the demo, correct? Correct. Uh, so my, and, my experience will be fresh. Derek, and you did play the demo, correct? Yeah, yeah. So um, what... I also played the demo, and I really thought it was awesome, and the combat was slick. And like uh, I had mentioned in the podcast when I first talked about it, it plays very smoothly, and by the end of the playthrough, everything felt like it was I was comboing things right and having my timing done uh, correctly, and I'm very much excited about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. What was your thoughts about it, Derek? You, you were in the same page as me, right? On the same boat? Uh... I yeah I was in a similar I think the one thing I think for me uh I didn't quite get the flow of the combat I think towards the end I know the the last boss battle in the demo was a a little bit of a struggle for me but I was starting to get it um and I know my one criticism was the the camera was a little too uh claustrophobic but then uh, eventually I realized there's you can you can zoom out a little bit and that kind of helps a lot but that's also I think just the reactor levels are, are, you know, they're it's very close together. I'm, I'm curious to see how the other battles and the rest of the areas of the game will kind of show up. Yeah, if it like opens up a little bit, I yeah. play more. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that too, hoping that um, the space is open much because definitely very claustroph- claustrophobic in that initial um, area. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what do you guys want to? What are your thoughts overall, excitement level wise, going into? this game as we are a week away from it i think i've said it before on this podcast but this game has the potential to be like amongst my favorites of all time for sure yeah i was final fantasy 15 is my favorite final fantasy it's in my top 10 of all time um and so combining the world and story of final fantasy 7 even just a segment of it with the combat and visual style of 15 will make a very good game for me. Yeah, I I agree. I think my level of excitement might be uh, too high. I think I'm afraid that <laughs> I'm going to hype it up too much and then be disappointed by it. But I don't know. It's hard. Well, like not I said to, earlier, especially after I'm the just demo. not expecting things. Yeah. I'm just going to take it for what it is. See, I'm really... I'm, I'm bad at that. Um, <laughs> bad at tampering my expectations for things that I'm definitively excited for. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, Derek, what do you think? What is your excitement level for this game? Uh, I am definitely more excited now than I was uh, when we did our, um, you know, most, ex- most anticipated of 2020 talk. Uh, Uh, yeah, I there. I know. I know Nick not being here is we're losing our our um, kind of. I don't like Square Enix voice right now. 
Yeah, it uh, would have been nice to have that voice. Well, he's watching uh, the card right now. <laughs> I would say I'm a little I'm a little cautious going. Um, the the demo, I, you know, we played the demo. The demo seemed good, but I guess I, I, my one worry is they might like they just might screw either something with the story up or uh, some mechanic up. You know, like I would hate to see like maybe the the kind of this leveling system gets way too simplified with because right they're changing it for the materia system it'll be a little different there's like more of a skill tree now and everything right am i correct uh i i think so i think you can level materia up more than you previously could and i think yeah there's new abilities that each character can learn i don't know how much of a skill tree it is because none of that was law, uh, available in the demo and i'm not right and i'm not seeking that stuff out that much um I'm kind of waiting for that. I've only been playing stuff that they've revealed. I know there's a lot of leaks and stuff out there. Um, but I think there is uh, some yeah. form of a skill growth thing. That And that's, that's I think that's the other thing is like, how is this skill growth going to fit into this story overall? Like, okay, in, in Final Fantasy VII, the Midgard story is like literally the tutorial to the game almost if you think about it like you start to learn the materia system like you know you only get so many materia you never really i think to the point like at least i didn't where you like level up any of your materia so now we have to take that system and say well well first of all like we that would be terrible if we all played the first you know we played the remake and you, you that progression is the same where you yeah. like never really get the full extent of your abilities and it's like well you just gotta wait another four years <laughs> yeah, so right. I, that and that's I, this is a little like obviously thinking way far out so like what's gonna happen like in the next remake if if we're leveling cloud to level 30 throughout this first part like am i gonna are we gonna be 30 going into the next remake or yeah. are we gonna have to start over again at one and lose all that like it's an interesting piece to think about. Obviously, we won't know until. Uh, one yeah. of my biggest questions is how will it take the save data from part one and continue you from there and scale it based off of that? Are you going to restart at level one? There's a lot of huge questions that are unanswered in regards to how <laughs> how it's going to transition from part one of this remake into part two. Um, what I hope to do definitely... is to just give both options. You know, like. Yeah. I think that'd be the smartest thing to I, do. But they I think probably that, won't do it, but whatever. That could cause balancing issues if some people are coming in with all these crazy abilities and whatnot and other people are coming in with like a blank slate. They would have to kind of have two different uh, like scales of difficulty throughout the whole game based on if you played the original or not. I don't know if that's something they'd be willing yeah. to do, you know? Yeah, I, it makes me think about uh, the, the transition from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2. Um, where in the beginning of Mass Effect 2, you basically, like, lose everything for Mass Effect 1 by literally having the character die. <laughs> hmm. And so it, like, oh, it makes sense. Like, that's why I'm not as good anymore, because I literally died. Yeah, well, Cloud's uh, definitely like, you... not going to die at the end of Final Fantasy Remake. Yeah, I don't think... how do you do that <laughs> transition? Yeah, I really don't know. Uh, at the point when you leave Midgar what you're in the open world and you're going to calm to do the story uh, cloud does the recount of the nibelheim incident so i i don't know what they do there 
I really don't. Yeah. Are like, are you maxing out at level twelve at the end of this game? That wouldn't be fun, you know. I I feel like they they probably have something obviously in the works, but we won't know until we play this game and get to the end, and we'll see like, oh, okay, maybe that's how they're gonna see. I don't uh, think we'll know until they start showing stuff for the next game. I think we'll get to the end of this game and be like, okay, I have all this cool stuff. How's that gonna work in the next one? Like, we won't have any clue what their plan is gonna be still. I I would hope that they plant some some type of story seed in this game that would lead at least give you an idea of okay that's how they're gonna do this I would hope yeah I would hate to like we we're saying I would hate to play this whole game you know build up your build up your skill tree build up your characters like get them to you know, create these relationships with them and build them up and and then in the next game it's like yeah you gotta start all over have fun yeah i don't know it's definitely gonna be really tricky for them and i'm curious to see does anyone know how it worked in the final fantasy 13 trilogy nope (laughs) no idea i only ever those those games are in my steam library i only ever played the first one so i don't i'm assuming you started at zero again in those but who knows it's not necessarily as cohesive of a structured game Say what about ten and ten two? Are those or are those different enough that those it makes- are so different? There's only two party members that carry over, whereas okay. in, in this one it's going to be. I think it's the same thing for thirteen two. Actually, now that I think about it, that might that one might only be lightning. Now that I think about it, it's more of an action game. I don't remember. I didn't play it, um, but yeah, it's not like this is going to be. You end this game with Cloud, Aerith, Barrett, and Tifa, and presumably or, Red thirteen. Um, maybe not. I guess maybe not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't really have a whole lot more to add. I don't know. I'm very excited. I've gone on in length about my love of Final Fantasy VII, the original. So I don't feel like I need to kind of dive into that again. <laughs> you hear enough of that from me. But yeah, we're one week away from this game. Yeah. I'm so oh, excited. Yeah. Uh, I, I The last time I was this excited for a game might have been Breath of the Wild, but that was also coupled with the Switch. So that was extra heightened true um so, so yeah how long ago how long ago did they announce the the remake it had to be almost five years ago right? yeah it was like 2015 right i, I feel like it was so, announced before 15 even came out yeah there was no. a teaser it was like a tech demo i want to say back in 2012 or something uh where they like showed an op- the opening cutscene remastered and that was when like everything kind of started with it um, it wasn't necessarily them confirming that they were going to do it, but I think it was, yeah, 2014 or 2015 when they said, yeah, we're definitively uh, making this remake. So it's been a long time. And I hope that it won't be as long of a time in between games because they'll obviously have the engine done. They'll have so many of the assets done. Um, I hope I would love to see us get like a new one of these every year. I don't know if that's pushing it. Oh, good luck. I don't know. They have so much of it done already. Like, think about, like, it's going to look the same. Although, by then, the PS5 would be out. So then they'd have to start making for PS5. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't like, know. Think about what percentage of the game Midgar is comparatively. Like, if they add this level of depth to the rest of the game, then that would probably, you know, take a little while. Yeah. I have no idea what their plan is going forward. Also, it was. Uh, Do you think? It was announced at E3 2015. It was. The first okay. trailer. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so what you were talking about, Jeff, the uh, like the graphics demo, yeah, or whatever of the cutscene, that was two thousand five. What? Oh yeah, that was that a was PS- a PS. 
the tech demo in 2005. Yeah. So That's the rumors what... have been going since then. Yeah. <laughs> 15 years. Holy shit. Um, but I was going to say, do you think... Now, I haven't played the rest of the game yet, but do you think they would need to do what they did with Midgard to the rest of the game? Like, do you think that there's enough in the rest of the game where they could kind of maybe put it out in in maybe two more parts and not have to go into as in-depth as they are going with See, this that's one? what I was thinking, too, because just about everywhere you el- else that you go is a pretty small town. There's there's Juno, which is a pretty decent-sized place, but you don't necessarily the gold saucer. need to explain that. Yeah, the gold saucer could be a chunk, but that could be like a thing where you you make the gold saucer this cool, big, fun thing, but it's not a huge part of the game. You know, it's not uh-huh. like... It's not like Midgar where it's the entirety of this game. Yeah, I think I'm on board with that, Derek, where it's going to be maybe two more games um, where each location going forward is going to be significantly smaller. It's not this massive city, you know? Yeah, maybe some more side content and stuff like that. But yeah, like it sounds like they're almost, I, at least for what you know, you, you hop out of Midgard and you're presented with this open world, kind of. You know, you're on, you're on this giant... And yeah, it sounds like, like the beginning like, of 15 just create a huge sprawling open world for a 3d game for you to explore. But, Oh, we also have this part with Midgar that we don't get to like really explore in the original game. How do we convert that to an open world? Well, that might, you know, create some more expanding of that first original part. That's at least like, you know, kind of what uh, it seems like. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. It's like, does the next couple games become significantly linear? Because once you get into that open world in seven, you're out just hopping from place to place, like in a pretty linear fashion. There's a couple instances where you can uh, kind of stray and go to a rogue area that's not part of the main line, but for the most part, you're just bouncing along in sequential mm-hmm. areas. Yeah, I feel like most of the development time with that could just go to making that open world more of an open world and then like having the rest of the game as is kind of but then like I don't you know like 15 where you like you literally you, know, you can you go fishing for if you want to. If there's fishing <laughs> just, in this game I will do so much fishing. I love yeah, fishing like, video games for some Every fishing mini game and every video game <laughs> I adore except, except for, for Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. <laughs> Yo. Oh man. Um, all right. Does anyone have any last minute things they want to add here, or we kind of summed up our feelings on Final Fantasy VII? No, yeah, I don't think our hype can be overstated. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very high. I might buy the game twice. Actually, no, I'm not buying the physical copy. <laughs> I might have to buy a copy when I'm getting one for free because I want to play it on the day it comes out if it doesn't ship in time. Right, which probably will not. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Jin is keeping a track of the shipping for me. But I need to know that day so I can start downloading it when I go to work so it's done when I get home. That's the yeah, important I, thing. I say I'm yeah. definitely going to do that a, a little midnight download for that one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I made sure even through my job change that I got the day off. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Spicy. I might need to take a mental day off, man. It's been <laughs> stressful times at working through this crap. Um, yeah we'll see, see i think if i love to be there i think if i did my my boss would 100 know it's that, your final uh, fantasy yeah that, that, <laughs> is your boss a final he's, fantasy fan? he's in the loop enough 
Uh, I don't know. I haven't. We haven't talked about Final Fantasy uh, in any of our meetings yet. Uh, but we we have talked occasionally about like new releases or whatever. And so yeah, oh, maybe our we have. Do we have a meeting? Oh no, we don't have a meeting next week. So oh, maybe you should uh, get him to listen to our podcast. <laughs> no, because <laughs> <laughs> he just talks about playing Animal Crossing for two hours when he wakes up in the morning. <laughs> Um, all right, let's do some trivia, boys. How does that sound? Let's uh, wrap this up. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. All right, so I decided to make this episode about Final Fantasy as a whole. You don't say. Uh, I'm sure uh, eventually we'll have Final Fantasy VII specific trivia, but let's keep it kind of broad for this one. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Question number one. Who is the main protagonist of Final Fantasy IX? Also, I may learn oh something about boy. how to pronounce their name because apparently it can be pronounced several different ways. Um, and I've been told I pronounce it the wrong way. Do you guys have uh, stuff written down? Are you good? Yep. Uh, sure. Andrew, what do you think? Oh, man. I literally have no idea. Uh, I, I know there's a character named Vivi, so I'm going to say that. No, Vivi's like the secondary character. Or yeah, like, I, I know. I don't uh, fucking know. Derek? So, yeah, correct me if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but I think it's Steve. <laughs> Wait, do you actually not know it? No, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Uh, his name is... <laughs> his name is Zidane. Um, oh, I've heard <laughs> okay. I've heard Zidane. So, so you were close, Derek. Uh, so, Zidane. Okay. Oh, I pronounce it Zidane. It's Z I D A N E. Uh, all right. Question number two. What's the card mini game in Final Fantasy VIII called? So a lot of the games have like a sub mini game in it. Final Fantasy VII has the Chocobos. Final Fantasy X has Blitzball. Final Fantasy VIII had Final a Fantasy XV as fishing. Uh, what was the card game in Final Fantasy VIII called? Uh, you guys good? Uh, one yep. second. Just one second as I look this up. Now, uh, <laughs> damn it. Uh, I had a uh, good answer, but I I guess I'll go with uh, what I. You can what go I first. Ha I have a, I've got a good answer. Uh, Magi the collection. No. <laughs> uh, Andrew. <laughs> uh, triple triad. It is triple triad. I'm surprised you knew that. I did know that. Nice. Just from hearsay. Just from hearsay. Apparently, it's real good. Um, all right. Question number three. What is the Japanese number for U.S. Final Fantasy three? Andrew, I think it's your turn to go first. Okay. Six. Derek? Five. It is six. Oh. Our Final Fantasy three is Final... We didn't get five here. So, our Final Fantasy two is Final oh, Fantasy... Oh, that's right. Uh, four. four and our Final Wait, Fantasy three is Final five, Fantasy six. Six. I thought it was five. Ah, I forgot five didn't come to. We did not get Damn five. It. All right, Andrew with the two zero. The situation lead. always confuses me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one is still one, and then yeah. Yes. Yes. What I just said. Question number four: What is the name of the world that Final Fantasy Tactics and Final Fantasy Twelve take place on? I also think it's where Final Fantasy XIV takes place. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I'm pretty sure huh. about that. Um, it's like one of the only reoccurring... You said and 12? 
Yeah, it's final. The Final Fantasy Tactics games, Final Fantasy twelve, and I think fourteen all take place here. Uh, it's pretty fun. Huh. Uh, do you? Uh, how you guys doing? You ready? Sure. <laughs> Derek. Heaven's Ward. No. Andrew. Uh, Zodiac. No, that's Final Fantasy twelve. The Zodiac Age is the. Um, I know that's the only association I have with it. Um, this is another one that has two pronunciations. I call it Ivalice, and some people call it Ivalice. Uh, yeah, never would have gotten that. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if you noticed, but I'm kind of running the gambit through a bunch of different Final Fantasy games. I did. Oh, uh, <laughs> and question number five in Final Fantasy seven: What color is the command materia? So each materia type is associated with a specific color. What is the command materia color? Um, Andrew? Yellow. Derek? Yellow. It is yellow. All right. And with a three to one victory, Andrew <laughs> takes it home. Good I job. got one. You did get one. Nick probably would have schooled us on that. I think Nick would have gotten all of these. Um, maybe four out of them. And then the tiebreaker was how many total materia are in Final Fantasy VII? Different types. Because you can infinitely make materia uh, once you get to the late game. 32. 112. It is 81, which I think puts uh, Andrew, yeah, closer Andrew much closer by 10. <laughs> All yep. right. Good job, boys. Um, so, big announcement. Uh, we launched a website. Uh, you can find is it. Is that not out last episode? I said that I was working on one, but it is officially up. Uh, uh, okay. We just, Andrew just uploaded a review of uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So you can find that there. You can find our podcasts. You can find our Instagram there. You can send us emails from there. It is thegamesharks.com. So. If you want to see, we're going to upload articles. Uh, I plan to try to do at least one a week. I know Derek has a series of articles that he's working on. Andrew's going to do some sporadically. Adam's thinking about doing some. We're going to post those there. You can find them all. Uh, We'll let you know whenever we post something cool that we're excited about, obviously, on the podcast. But that website, again, is thegamesharks.com. You can find us there. You can find us on Instagram at GameSharksPodcast. And you can shoot us an email gamesharkspodcast at yahoo.com feel free to send us any comments you have about anything we talked about any questions you want us to answer what your excitement level for final fantasy like 7 is be like steve um so yeah that kind of wraps this up thanks guys for joining us this week uh sorry about many any audio issues we may have had Derek wasn't having the best internet connection he's a little bit of a robot but i think overall is pretty decent um yeah, I guess until next week. Uh, oh, important. Next week we are talking about Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the Video Game Book Club. So if you are playing alongside of us, make sure you have yeah. it done for next week or finish it before you listen to next week's episode. And then obviously the week after that we will have had Final Fantasy VII Remake for a week. So that's probably going to be mostly what we're talking about. Um, so look forward yep. to those things coming forward. And yeah, we will see you next time, everybody. Peace. Bye.